What's up and welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast where th- three, sometimes four, lifelong friends gather to talk about video games and news that you all need to know about. And with me this week is, well, me, Trevor Bettis, along with your normally scheduled host... Holden. Hi, Holden DePardo. <laughs> and your other guest host... The five-star man, Asa Gray. There we go. And to tell you more about our first quest log, I'm going to pass it over to Holden. How you doing, Holden? I'm doing well. Thanks, Trevor, for introducing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting off with Google this week because there's, I guess, we still need to talk about Stadia. Um, so the first thing coming from Google is actually from them directly, from Jade Raymond, who is the uh, head of Stadia Games and Entertainment. And they have a post called Game On. Our first uh, Stadia studio is coming to Montreal. Their first studio is coming, as it says, to Montreal. It'll be their very first exclusive studio. We'll be making games that are trying to utilize all the benefits of Stadia, whatever those happen to be when we see these games when they come the, out. The, the, what was and, it, the game-changing things that Stadia can do or something like that? Yeah, it was marketing BS. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they promised that the exclusive titles will represent all of your favorite genres. Um, they went on also an interview with GameIndustry.biz, or sorry, Jade Raymond specifically did, and she said a few things I wanted to highlight, and then we can kind of jump in and share our thoughts on them. Um, she says that we have a plan that includes building out a few different first-party studios and also building up the publishing organization to ship exclusives, uh, sorry, exclusive content created by indie devs and uh, other external partners. So more than just one studio is going to be coming up in the future at some point. On first-party games need to be d- unique to the platform. Jade said that Google's cloud infrastructure would allow first-party titles with, quote, more detailed simulations, more advanced AI behaviors, or MMO-like experiences that redefine massively multiplayer. Jade Raymond cited Google Duplex when describing how Google's AI could facilitate NPC interactions within the game. And although it may take uh, years to see a massive AAA title that fully utilizes the cloud, they have quite a few exclusive games in the works that will demonstrate some of the exciting things about the platform sooner than that. In terms of the rollout of their exclusive content, um, she does say that, again, like a AAA uh, title is going to be years away coming from them exclusively. However, they have a, quote, spectrum of bets, each at a different stage of development. Google um, on, Google on launch day will be mostly third-party titles with some specific Stadia features, but post-launch, second-party indie titles will utilize like YouTube integration and the kind of other like Stadia-specific features that she didn't really go into too much detail on. Um, so all still kind of vague, but they're working on exclusive content. Aren't you guys excited? I I feel like your listeners have a good crossover with kind of funny, so they're going to understand the Gary Wood word I'm going to use here. That was a lot of word salad. Like that was, (laughs) there were words there. (laughs) Did any of them get you hyped? And they said game and exclusive. Well, and so many of them, too. It had nothing to do with, like, I don't know. It's, yes, of course, they've said they're going to do exclusives. So, like, why does this require its own statement other than, yeah, I yeah. know we're launching the service in November for the founders, but no, that's fine. Like, it's all going to be third parties and games <laughs> we've already played before. Like, this feels like an announcement that should have come out when Stadia got announced, not two weeks before yeah. it launches. It's like, cool, mm-hmm. so you're going to have uh, Stadia-exclusive games eventually. 
Yeah, which they like he yeah. the, I guess Phil Harrison, the guy who did the the big reveal, like they announced that. I was just really hoping cuz like I'm a founder. Like I got the founders mm-hmm. edition and I'm kind of excited to get my hands on it and give it a try, but man, I just I really wish there was something exclusive or special that I could really be looking forward to other than the Chromecast that I'm going to get in the mail here in like 2 3 weeks. <laughs> Oh, they, oh, God. I forgot that they actually You're more excited about the Chromecast. Chromecast. You could already buy in stores than Stadia itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Because it's like, I mean, I mean it's, I get Shadow it's like, so I'm kind of excited about that since I've started playing Destiny 2 with, well, you guys, but... <laughs> Spoilers. I don't think it's going to have cross-play in Stadia. I think it has to stay on Stadia. Yep. Is, am I well, wrong? The, sh- the Shadow Keep yeah, content okay. yeah. will have to, but I can move my character from, like, how I'm playing on PlayStation with you guys. The cross-save okay. will, the cross-save, cross-progression stuff will work. Yep. I just won't be able but to do have the to be Shadow on, like, a PlayStation stuff. or Xbox or PC to play with everybody. Yeah, yes. no, you won't be able to, like, actually, like, play with us while we're on PlayStation and you're on Stadia, but you'll still no, have yeah. your stuff. Yeah. I guess that's not a total loss, because at least if you do something on one platform, you'll get it on the other platform, too. But then again, like, why would you then choose to go to Stadia when you already have access? Because you could play Stadia game. while you're on the bus. Oh, yeah, but I kind of feel like with things like PlayStation Now and Remote Play, you can you can kind of do that already. Yeah, sort of. But is Remote Play really that good right now? Chad can't even play it from uh, China. According to Chad, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what this feels like to me, like compare this to Microsoft, where Microsoft is like, hey, last year, at that point would be two years before, two plus years before the new Xbox comes out. They've said, we're buying all these new studios. So it kind of gives them some time for those studios to do something. Yeah. And Google's like a heavy procrastinator high school student who's like, the paper's due in three days. I better start working on it. <laughs> like, the launch is next month. We better get some exclusive content created for it's it. Like they, it's like they went up to their kids in class and like, hey, uh, can we turn this into a group project? Uh, can we just put our name on that? That'd be cool. <laughs> it's so weird that they, like, in the announcement, when they talked about all of the, all of the studios they were going to be working with, on top of just, like go back a couple years and seeing all of the like big names like people like Jade Raymond who have left their you know typical video game industry jobs to go to Google and how long they've been there for them to not have something for the launch is real surprising for me and real disappointing but that makes me also yeah. think that okay surely there's no way we are years away like multiple years away from the first Stadia exclusive game I think we, we are. are. I think we're that's years away so from weird. the first good Stadia game. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, well, see, they don't even have the benefit of the doubt of like, because look at, I think they talked about it on Kind of Funny this week even, of just like, go back and the number of launch titles that come out every console generation mm-hmm. are typically garbage. Like, they're passable, but there's nothing really special. Google could have gotten a free pass if they would have, you know, put something out in November. Like yeah. when this launches, but instead it's like, okay, you've had this, we've had this service for upwards of a year going by what they're saying. If they don't put out, like if their first game isn't killer, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Some would say they already have. And that's someone who like is looking forward <laughs> to Stadia and wants and like really wants it to succeed. Like I'm super excited to see oh, what yeah. can happen here. I want, I'm just I like, want Stadia oh. to be awesome. I want it to like actually be what they're talking about. Do I think it's going to be? No. No. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think – so if they have money to throw at this, 
where they can keep this going for years before that AAA title ends up coming out, they had money to just like buy out Baldur's Gate 3 or something like that mm-hmm. and say, that game, you've been waiting for it only on Stadia. And that would have attracted hardcore gamers but still, to the platform. Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't even have a release date. It doesn't even have a release window. They say, we're going to be working on it until it's done. Mm-hmm. And my point, though, is that they have something. Like, they could I buy guess, out yeah. a big game. I yeah. mean, it's Stadia, or Stadia, Baldur's Gate 3 is kind of my Stadia exclusive, because as we talked about before we started recording, I don't have a gaming PC. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm on my laptop with a, holding my microphone, because I don't have, like, a set-up desk and area to play. Mm-hmm. The Baldur's Gate 3 is a PC exclusive. Like, it's not coming to consoles. So, the only way that I want to be able to sit, I'm going to be able to sit on my couch and play it is with Stadia. I will say this, we don't know for sure that it's not coming to console. All they have said is that it's coming to PC and Stadia. They have not said any kind of exclusivity thing to it. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to work with the Stadia controller, it might just work overall. Our controllers, yeah. So, you know, we, we don't know because that's, again, how far out that game is. And I'm only basing that off of the announced trailer when they were, yeah. you know, it showed, it only showed Stadia mm-hmm. and Google because typically, you know, they would love to have the Xbox logo, the PlayStation logo on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if it's, if it's that far off, they probably couldn't have said it's going to PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2. Exactly. Mm, yeah. So... I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I don't know. I'm just like really worried about this. I The only because I'm not a big Google fan at this point. The only <laughs> reason I really want Stadia to succeed is that I think that the the concepts are talking about are really cool. And eventually Microsoft and Sony are going to steal them. Yeah, because that's how <laughs> this stuff works. So like I'll get those features out using Google eventually as long as it's successful. But I do feel like they aren't going to back out of this like they've been accused of backing other projects before. I really do think they're committed to it. If they opened up a studio, they're not after a year going to say, well, guys, didn't do that well. We're done. They're going to keep throwing money at this until it's good. Yeah. I don't know how how, uh, how those Google glasses treating you. Though they are going to bring those back. They've said they're going to bring them back. They just need to make it a second version after eight years or whatever, <laughs> however long it's been. But they have they're going to bring it back. And I think they are going to because even Apple's rumored to make AR glasses. Yeah. So they'll have to make something for Android. That'll happen again. But yeah, I actually got to wear Google Glass once. Oh, I, I think they I did are, too. It, they're surprisingly comfortable. Yeah, they just made you look real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did make you look really dumb. But they were surprisingly comfortable. All right. Do you guys have anything else, anything else to say about Stadia? No. You guys good? Yeah. No. All right, we have a lot more to talk about this uh, this episode. We're going to be talking about all the games that got delayed. <laughs> WWE 2020, which should have gotten delayed. And then oh Fallout God. First, which just shouldn't exist at all. That one hits real close to home, so I'm, I'm very excited to get to talk about that. <laughs> so uh, before we get into all that, though, we're going to go into playtime. Asa, what have you been playing this week? So I'm not going to dwell on it because I know you don't like it and I don't have Chad here to back me up. Um, but I finally, <laughs> Borderlands I 3? finally beat the, the campaign in Borderlands 3. <laughs> Uh, I was very underwhelmed. I'll mm. say, uh, me That's and Jesse Borderlands endings though. <laughs> I, other than like two, I loved. I loved the story of two from start to finish. Like, yeah, there were a couple points that it kind of dragged a little, but that almost felt more of the gameplay side of things, not necessarily the story. But the three, the story in three just didn't really click for me. As but the gameplay itself has been 
was phenomenal. Like I loved, the, I loved the changes that they made. Everything felt quicker. Uh, the more, you know, as you level up, the more abilities you get, seeing how those actually apply to your character. It makes me want to go through the story three more times with the other three vault hunters mm-hmm. just to see, you know, how those feel and what other upgrades they can get. So I, overall, I really enjoyed it, but the, just the story itself, I was a little let down on, but the thing that I'm very excited to talk about is a months old game so sorry for not being topical but i finally started uh, i bought it the weekend it came out because it went on sale the weekend it came out but i'm only just now starting control oh and i love it it is creepy in ways that i want it to be creepy it's messing with me like i it's it's hitting me like in the perfect way mm-hmm. that no matter what I say, I'm going to overhype this game for people who haven't played it yet. <laughs> Just because like I don't know what it is, but this is hitting me in a real special way. But I love it. Like for, have I love, you played? I'm loving... Have you played Remedy's other games? No, I'm not. I'm not a huge oh, Remedy. Really? F- yeah. Because I'm. Oh. Have you played Max Payne? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've played Max Payne. Like Max Payne but one no, and two. Yeah. But Max no. Really but good. no. Alan Wake. Quantum Break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, and the reason I got it, I don't just does Quantum Break deserve a really? I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it was it was one of those games that when it came out, it was like everyone was curious about it. Like it wasn't just like, oh no, I'm not going to play that. It's That's like, true. It's this weird game that has a TV show in it. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah. That one didn't super appeal to me, but like the setting of this, like secret government agency covering up paranormal mm-hmm. stuff, like I, it, yeah, that is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, I'm. <laughs> run it so graphically it's really pretty but it does have some performance issues uh i thought it was a jump scare but it was actually me glitching into a table and sending everything <laughs> on the table flying off so the glitch that was a little... is the most terrifying thing in video games so that was weird um and when things get like really chaotic on screen uh there's there can be quite a bit of slowdown Mm-hmm. but overall like i'm i am loving it the the world building the lore typically in, in games like these whenever there's a bunch of like collectibles that you have to read like in the first destiny with the grimoire cards i did not read a single grimoire card like i might have read the out. first like five that i picked up but then i was like there's so many of these i'm not keeping up with this control i am actively like scouring every bit of every room i can get into to try to find all of these files and memos and recordings and videos because they're all just like they're really really well done i get a real strong do you guys know the scp series yeah it, it's a real strong no. scp vibe um for those oh. of you who don't know it's an it's this online Wait, what's a, a scp what yeah is it? so it's this online collection of supernatural items and like beings that this secret organization has like is monitoring and containing so everything is numbered so it's scp 006 is these like ballerina shoes that make you an amazing dancer but you can never take them off and essentially you just dance until you die and it's weird stuff like that it, it, that's the that's the video game though right like uh- uh, there's a video game I, of that they made a game of it yeah but there's like a huge online database that you can go to and it's all like people like people can submit ideas and they'll become like official ones and the it's it's super cool it's really interesting uh yeah. and it's easy to go down the rabbit hole some of them are kind of lame some of them are super cool <laughs> um but it's the internet that's yeah, yeah i gotta, gotta so, have good balance <laughs> exactly so there's you know cursed items that you can find and they're giving you new abilities uh i'm still only a few hours into the game 
but I'm, I can't like, I, it's what I'm going to do today. Like as soon as we're done recording this, I'm going to jump on and start playing because I am loving it. Very cool. Yeah. Control. I have it. I, I want to beat it before the end of the year because I want to consider it for game of the year. Mm -hmm. I played the first, I also played about three hours, maybe more than that of it. And just really loved it too. <laughs> it's definitely one of those very special games. And it's a shame apparently it's not been selling that well. Yeah, yeah. no, it's because it's a and it's it's a really unique game. Everyone that's like played it has like I see on Twitter like Andy Cortez and like all these other internet you know personalities people who've played it are like everyone needs to buy this game. Mm-hmm. Like everyone needs to play this game because it <laughs> I'm is. I'm probably like, gonna pick it up like maybe on Black Friday or something like that. That's not has nothing to do with like it's the price or anything. That's just my own financial thing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, it, and I wouldn't have bought, like, I probably wouldn't have picked it up if it didn't go on sale so early. But I'm I'm very glad I did because I think dep- if the story can hold up and, like, the gameplay loop can stay as fun as it is for me, this could end up being my game of the year. Only because, like, every game that I was super excited for, to varying degrees, has let me down. Mm-hmm. Anthem was Anthem. That was the game I was most <laughs> looking forward to this year, hands down. Do you guys remember Anthem? Uh, it hurts. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is a lot of fun, but there are aspects to that that really kind of was disappointing for me. But same thing with Borderlands 3. Like it was, mm-hmm. it's more Borderlands, and that's really all I super wanted. But the story, after having how how much I loved the second story, coming into this third one is kind of like, eh. And maybe it's because I had no expectations for Control, but it's it's vibing with me in a nice. crazy way, and I love it. Trevor, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a couple things. I've been playing some Destiny 2 with some real cool peeps and, and people. Who's hey, that? Me too. I That's know. Weird. It's so weird. Yeah, so I've been uh, we've been doing the, the respawn community nights, Thursday nights, with your patron. And uh we we've been we've been having some fun. We've been kicking some ass. Yeah, this is gonna be a staple game. Yeah, for game I, I, for sure. I'm having so much like I love Destiny too. I've been playing it for freaking ever, but like playing with you all hopping on Thursday nights and doing this, it has been so much fun. Splitting off into groups doing strikes, or just you know, if there's not enough of us playing some gambit, playing some crucible, it's been awesome. What uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in listener? If you're missing out on that, you can go to Patreon.com slash what is it slash respawning fire? Is that it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. and you, you thanks can be, for the plug. You can I become a patron, sure. and you can play some awesome Destiny Two with us because it's fun. That was a fan testimonial right there. That wasn't even like one of us. That was like a fan testimonial there. Right. That's how great it is. So good. It is a lot of fun. <laughs> totally worth it. Uh, the other thing that I've been playing, uh, well, I'll, I'll do the, the, the I'm, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 2 because they uh, released Baldur's Gate 1, 2, Icewind Dale, and Planescape Torment on Nuke, on the consoles along with Switch, and it is the best freaking thing I have on my Switch, and I'm so excited. Are you playing <laughs> it just... docked or are you playing it handheld? Uh, I've done both. Uh, I prefer undocked because like, I, I can just take it. I can play Baldur's Gate. I can play D&D wherever I want. That's kind of like I saw that I saw I think you posted about it on Twitter and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't want to spend I don't want to spend oh this money, God. but I might have to. And like it's it's old <laughs> D&D like it's second edition D&D. So it's just like, hey, you want a really low armor class so that shit is it can't hit you as hard. And you're like, how's that make any sense? And they go, just because it does just go along with it. Um <laughs> <laughs> but man, I like I, it's got it's got some of my favorite characters in. He's got Minsk and Boo. I love Minsk and Boo. Anybody who listens to my podcast, Difficulty Class, knows I love Minsk and Boo. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, it is it is just a lot of fun, and having it on the Switch and on the go is fantastic. The actually getting it ported to a controller is not terrible, which surprised the hell out of me because it is a you know isometric view, like point and click, pause, do all your skills and everything, and somehow it works perfectly with the controller. So you just use like the joystick just to move the cursor around, basically. So they actually made it. So or do that you actually move your character? You actually move your character now, which is so much better than what it used to be. Because I was so tired of being like, click. All right, they walk there. Click. Okay, go there. Click. Okay, and now I can just fucking move them. Like I can't stand that in games. I, I can control them with a joystick, like God intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like just to parallel that, like um, the witness on iPad. You have to tap to where you want to go. Whereas on PlayStation, you just move the joystick to move your character yeah. and it's so strange going over the ipad for that reason still a good game though anyway but, not at all Baldur's gate keep going but yeah uh so i if you like any sort of D D or are curious about D D world go check out Baldur's gate one and two uh and then the other thing i've been playing which m- uh you were talking about your possible game of the year is my possible game of the year outer worlds oh outer worlds outer wilds outer worlds oh okay. oh my fucking god this game <laughs> ah! I I was I was playing it yesterday. My wife is in love with this game already. She stayed up till three in the morning the night it came out playing it. Um, and I I was playing it yesterday, and about two hours into my session, I I looked at my wife and went, "This is better than Fallout Four. This wow. is this is what I, this is what I wanted after Fallout New Vegas. This was the game. It's here. I'm so freaking happy. Like." Uh, everything from like the way it looks, the dialogue. Uh, I even I even like the menus, even though that's one of the things that people have been giving a lot of shit about. The only thing I really have a problem with is its map, because it's not the best. But I also don't really care because it's just so much fun shooting shit, and <laughs> getting people pissed off at me, <laughs> and finding out these terrible <laughs> secrets about people. <laughs> I have so when I heard this game was coming to Switch, I'm like, oh, I'll just hold out. Don't do and it. Get it for Switch. Don't do it. I know, I know. Here, here, I've, here's the, the, the response has been so positive, I'm, I'm compelled. I'll tell you this. I guarantee you, you get this game now, you play through it, you're going to have a shitload of fun, and then next July, or whenever the hell it's going to come out for a Switch, I think it's rumored it's July, uh, you, I guarantee you, you're going to be like, I want to play through it again. And you're going to be even more excited, and I guarantee you'll still get it for Switch, and you're going to have just as much fun. Because it's so good. Mm-mm. I don't know if I want to buy a game twice, though, but I'm compelled. I'm very, very compelled. Sir, sir, I, I'm, I'm over here out. with, God, Oxenfree I've purchased five times. So, like, <laughs> I'm no stranger to buying games multiple times. <laughs> but that close together. Like, I just played it again on PlayStation at that point. But I really think I might. I really think I might get that because I, too, really like Fallout. At least I like Fallout 4 a lot. Mm-hmm. And I never played Fallout New Vegas and I hear that's it, the cream of the crop it is, of, of the most recent Fallout well, games. Well, and here's the thing. So it's made by Obsidian, and Obsidian was founded by the original creators of the first Fallout games. So, like, that's their bread and butter. So when Bethesda was like, hey, you want to make a Fallout game for us? They're like, oh, yeah, we can make a fucking Fallout game. And they made the one that everyone agrees <laughs> is the best one, and Bethesda's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That game never existed. Uh, so that was just a spinoff game. Yeah, don't yeah, look yeah. that direction. Don't don't look at the man behind the curtain. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have a but, number. It doesn't count. 
Exactly. And now they have been like, you know what? Fine. Fuck you. We made our own Fallout game with our own universe, with our own crazy stuff. And it's still so much Fallout, though. Like, I went into a factory that's been overrun with murderous robots. I'm like, yep, I'm here for this. This is great. How is the size comparison between, like, even New Vegas and Outer Worlds? So they've split up the map into different worlds, so the, the, the outer worlds part of it. And so there are oh. there are multiple maps because you're going to be traveling That's why to it's different called planets. Outer Worlds. I know, it's so weird. It's mind-blowing, man. <laughs> now I get it. And I will say, the maps are small, but I also found myself not really caring. Because, like, I, I so I left the main town, and it was like, okay, I'm going to go to my, my next objective, which is some fucking warehouse that I got to steal a thing. Um, and I started walking, and then, like, less than, I don't know, less than three minutes, I'm like, oh, there it is. And part of me went, whoa, this map's small. I'm angry about it. The other part of me went, did you really want to waste, like, 15 minutes walking through nothing to just get to the same <laughs> fucking spot? And I went, oh, all right, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh it, i i'm the the map itself like i'm i've only seen one map so far it, and just that one is freaking beautiful the wildlife is hilarious and awesome there's they have like just little things running around the map that aren't even hostile they're just there to be animals like there was this one there was a thing that looked like a snake except a snake if it was like peter griffin so it's like just this big fat thing <laughs> that's just kind of slithering along the ground. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I just followed it for like a minute. Like, what are you? <laughs> and then at one Where point, I, going? I, I thought there were people still alive in this building that I was systematically taking people out, like fucking Agent 47. And I kept hearing this. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? He was laughing. <laughs> what the fuck? And then I looked down. And it's this little fucking fuzzball at my foot that's just like a mouse but weird and i'm like okay cool that's just <laughs> how that is then okay great but that i i love this game it's fan freaking tastic and to confuse all the listeners i think holden's now going to talk about the very closely named other game <laughs> uh in a second i have one question about this how's the dumb dialogue Oh, so my wife actually did that. She uh, she uh, took the intelligence all the way down, and she said she's been loving every answer she's been giving people. Where it, like I, <laughs> I I think there was one that was just like, "All right, do you have all your supplies with you?" It was just like chair, <laughs> and the guy's like, "That's not an answer." <laughs> all right, I might have to get this game. Damn it! Yeah, You're check it out on Game Pass. <laughs> Yeah, see that. Because I'm also hearing that Death Stranding is really long, so I'm like, I have to beat Death Stranding too. And then Pokemon's really long; it's going to be coming out. And I don't know how long well, Star Wars oh, is going to be. I have a lot of long games. So to here's beat. the thing: um, Outer Worlds is a smaller game overall. It is 30 to 40 hours. I've heard, yeah. Which I'm like, that's perfect for for me right now. It's still that's perfect. long. Yeah, it's still long. But it's not like you know the 80 to 90 hour RPGs. Yeah, it's like The Witcher Three or something Jesus like that. Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, I want to talk about the similarly named but very different game very. called The Outer Wilds. I I beat it this week. Oh, you did! Nice. I did beat it. There's also multiple secret endings that are really cool. Hmm. Um, one of them is literally breaking the fabric of space and time, and that was pretty 
fucking badass. Okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's a really wild From where game. I know that no game starts to there, that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is definitely... I'm trying to not be hyperbolic because like like Ace was kind of saying that that control just hit all those sweet spots mm-hmm. for you. It's the same thing with this game and me. Like I like like I liked Breath of the Wild so much because there's this world I could explore and I kind of felt like there was this this mystery to the world. Where Zelda that was kind of shallow, the mystery to the world aspects to it. Like you kind of know things went to shit, Ganon took over and destroyed everything. Whereas like this unraveling the mystery is the game. So sort of exploring and finding out about this alien race you're investigating, it just so much was open up. It gets it's incredible. It's a really, really good game. I'm so glad I played it. Yeah, I, and I want to maintain not sharing too much about it because the exploring and discovering and the puzzles will be ruined if I say like anything about this. I I told you when we were playing Destiny this week that I was going to play it before we did this episode, and I fucking failed on that because I was playing Outer Worlds so much. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to stop so I can play Outer Wilds. Shit, an hour went by. All right, I'm going to stop so I can play Outer Wilds. Shit, another hour went by. <laughs> I honestly feel like it's best that when you play this game, you dedicate to it. And yeah. it's the primary game that you're playing. Just because some of the puzzles are really abstract. And you, how it kind of worked for me, at least, is I would go somewhere, I'd do something, and i go, what the fuck do I even do here? What's going on? This makes no mm-hmm. sense to me. And then I'd step back, I'd go to school, and the middle of class would be like, <gasps> I wasn't listening to you, professor, Eureka! but I just figured out what to do in the Outer Wilds. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's a really great game. How long do you think it took you to beat? You know, I don't know. I looked online and it said that on time to beat the average was fifteen hours. I'm like, I went way over that. There's really? no way. Yeah, it says to fifteen hours. But here's the thing: is that once you know, like, you can beat the game in a good fifteen minutes mm-hmm. if you really know what you're doing. Wait, it's really what? not. Yeah. Okay, I maybe twenty thirty, but like not that long. But it's just there's so much exploring and figuring out this world, and and it's one of those games where the journey is totally the the fun of this game. And then it has, I think it has a a, a unique, satisfying ending with kind of that like Inception spinning the top. I don't, it, it's not definitive. It doesn't tell me everything, but I can piece together things on my own, and I think this is really cool. I, I'm definitely gonna have to sit down and play this game because between last week's episode and this right now, yeah, I I really want to play it because you said it was like a walking simulator, but with like puzzles in it, and like I do love walk. I love Gone Home. I love Firewatch. Uh, uh, everyone's gone to the Rapture. Didn't grab me as much as the other ones, but this one's definitely intriguing me. But I I am kind of sad that it, it sounds like it's one of those games that once you go through it, there's no more surprises or any like. Like you already know what's going on, so there's no real like satis- satisfying like thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Once you have figured out what's happening, there's not a huge reason to go back to other planets. Like aside from like getting the secret endings and things like that. Yeah, but even the secret endings are like I wonder if this will work. And then you try it, and you're like, oh, that was an ending. See, here's the thing, though. Oh, okay. like, I, I know it's, super disappointing yeah. game developers, but I just go watch secret endings on YouTube. I, I don't. I'm like, no. Especially like games like this, where I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> go back and do this stuff that I already know how to do all these things to. I'm just going to do that. Yeah, so 
what happened with me is I was on Reddit, and the Reddit community for this game is really interesting because they're very uh, focused on not spoiling things. So it's all people sharing hints and like, <laughs> have you considered maybe <laughs> like opening up this, or have you gone to this? How much have you explored this particular area? They'll kind of like point you in different directions. So I kind of saw some hints on there, and then said, okay, I want to go here and see what happens. And I'm like, oh my god, I broke the fabric of space and time. Like, what's going god, on? I really wish there was a prima guide like that that didn't actually tell you the answers. Things like, hey, did you go check out that shed? my friend steven i was telling him about it and he decided to get it this week uh and we've been talking to each other to kind of give each other hints as well and honestly without his help i don't think i would have beaten this game the puzzles can get pretty obscure Mm. sounds like uh one of those good old recess games where you go talk to your friends on on the basketball court find out some secrets but then you have to balance that it's between very much the like fake that. secrets that, oh, yeah, no, you, yeah, you get strength say. and move the truck on the island, you get Mew. Yeah, those fucking bastards are just like, hey, if you <laughs> trade Pikachu and Squirtle 100 times, he makes Pika Blue. And I fucking <laughs> did that shit. I'll never forgive you, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> I've No one lies to you in the game. That's good, because it would be impossible. <laughs> but it's also... It, apparently, so I never played a lot of the like adventure games, from, like Lucas um, Arts and things like that, um, like Secret Monkey Island. I never played those kind of games, but apparently has a lot in common with those, like a Mist. Yeah, if you guys have played those. Oh before. yeah, I could definitely see the influence of of Mist in that. Yeah, so it, I think it's a really interesting game. Highly recommend playing it. Um, yeah, I still, I honestly still think about it, even though like I beat it. I, still I can tell, go, like, I can see it in your really face. Cool <laughs> just, he doesn't just want to do like, the podcast anymore. Control. He's he just, just hit those spots wilds. for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one night this week where I'm like, "Oh, I gotta finish this, um, you know, this trick homework," and I'm like, "Well, I can't focus on that right now. Oh <laughs> Let God. me just do two things. <laughs> Let me just focus on these two things, and then I'll 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 go back to the trick homework after that." <laughs> Because it consumed me, it was really bad. But I don't. I just want to try really hard not to like be hyperbolic about the game yeah. and kind of ruin it for other people. It's. I mean, it is a small experience in the sense that it's an indie team. I think. I think the original development team is like twelve people, and it scaled up after that. So it's it's not a huge game. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge game. But yeah, I think it's worth trying out. If you have Xbox Game Pass, it is on there. That is how I have it. So if you have Xbox, you should you should play it that way. It's on PS2. I honestly don't see this game coming to Switch. Wow, what a retro game we got here. It's on PS2, but I don't see it coming to Switch. I just don't think the Switch can handle it. (laughs) Oh, wow. I actually think Um, it is scheduled for Switch. Is it? I'm I'm almost... I don't know. There's a lot of heavy physics uh, simulations in this. Mm. I will find out while we talk about other things. Well, there's a lot of stuff with like black holes and things from like, I don't know if the Switch could handle that. It can it can handle. I have no stuff. idea. You don't don't oppress it. <laughs> I mean, I would love it if it came to Switch. I think it'd be a great system to play it on. There's a mechanic in the game that lends itself very well to short burst portable play. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so I know what you find out. I don't. Uh, I don't see anything about like. I, I guess what they've said is like they have nothing to announce. They just announced that you know it's coming to PS4. I think it's. I think it just came out for PS4. October fifteenth, it did. Yeah, October fifteenth. Yeah. yeah, so I I wouldn't be surprised to see it on there though. Yeah, one day maybe. I don't know. I mean, I already played at this point, and I'm not going to go back and play it again. Yeah. Most likely, 
And that, and except unless I forget what happened. Yeah, and you won't. <laughs> <laughs> like if someone destroys the concept that. of time, the fabric of time, then <laughs> <laughs> then I'll go back. Yeah, they destroyed the fabric of space and time, but my PlayStation Four will still work. <laughs> still play the game. <laughs> All right, moving on to our fetch quest. Speaking of games that are coming to Switch, Outer Worlds will be coming to Switch, but it's not releasing until next year. Boo. So mm. I might I might have to get that to PS4. Do Trevor, it. you're convincing me. Do it. Call of Duty will not be on in Russia on PlayStation, but it will be there for Xbox and PC, which is kind of strange. <laughs> Sony doesn't want to sell it there, and they were very vague as to why. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. That's so weird so weird and then ken levine's new game is supposedly an ambitious immersive sim the job listing refers to systemic oh sorry systemic um yeah systemic and scripted narrative events it should be systematic yeah it's ken levine but anyway, it's Ken Levine. <laughs> Systemic and scripted narrative events and immersive sim are kind of referred. And apparently immersive sim is the same genre as System Shock and Bioshock, which said in the article. I don't see those games as immersive sims. What? No. I don't, are, are sims yeah. at all? Like, yeah. Yeah. What are they simming? <laughs> they don't even it's, speak it's in a... simish. I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> it's a shooter with perks. Yeah. At least yeah. with Bioshock. Which I'm not, that's not to discredit it, but I anyway, like, I, lo- I guess they're trying to say it's going to be similar to those styles of games. I love Ken Levine, but I feel like he's slowly becoming the next Peter Molyneux, where he just Aww. talks about crazy <laughs> fucking games that are never going to happen until they end up on a phone and he makes someone <laughs> god. <laughs> Go look that up. That's I do a real thing that, that happened. The games happen. That is true. The not games do happen. at all what he said they're going to be. You can take this acorn and plant it in the ground and watch the tree grow. So, oh my god, that, I love that. I love you hearing that have guy a talk. Friendship with this child, Milo. <laughs> you guys remember that one? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You can hold Milo's <laughs> hand, skip rocks with him with the connect. Oh god, what a fucking weird time in gaming that was. I am excited to see what uh, Ghost Story Games ends up making. Yeah. This whole, like, they talked about this idea of having narrative Lego blocks and, like, what you do in one block will change what the next block of the story is going to be and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I'm curious what that ends up looking like. Indeed. So, yeah. Speaking of games not coming out for a while, Ubisoft, moving into our third party quest log, Ubisoft is delaying almost every oh game it has announced. <laughs> So due to disappointing performance from both Division 2 and Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Ubisoft has delayed Watch Dogs Legions, Gods and Monsters, and Rambo 6 Quarantine into the second half of the year. I don't think Rambo 6 Quarantine actually had a release date. I don't even think we knew it was coming out in the first half, but oh well. And then Skull and Bones has been pushed back again it's to hap- 2021. It's still happening? <laughs> we'll see. I know. <laughs> okay, honestly, I just... I'm not interested in that game at all. I don't think it I was when they were like, it's Assassin's Creed without the Assassin's, or it's Assassin's Creed 4 without the Assassin's Creed. I'm like, fucking awesome. And then they're like, you don't get off your boat and it's multiplayer. And that's yeah. all. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no one wanted this. No one was like, oh yeah, I want <laughs> a freaking live service game of just the boat combat from Assassin's. Nobody wanted that. The worst <laughs> Sea of Thieves. 
Oh, we're bringing back Ocarina of Time, but we're only having the horse riding, and people are going to love it. <laughs> yeah, it is only Lone Ranch, and it's all, it's massively multiplayer. <laughs> if the ranch fills up, you can't play. <laughs> Just you drink some play. milk. <laughs> A Ubisoft CEO, Yves Guimau, claims the lower uh, return is due to the fact that people have been able to play those games for a long time, referring to Division mm-hmm. 2 and Ghost Recon Breakpoint, for a long time and experiencing that gameplay for a long time. We need to wait longer for something that is more differentiated. They've also lowered their projections for 2019-2020 to $1.6 billion, which is down from $2.4 billion. Uh, yeah. Dude, and, not and, looking and he and the investors Ubisoft were there. not kind about it either. Mm-hmm. No, the they, stock this, this all came out like during crazy. an investor call, and Eve Gomo was just like, "The uh, breakpoint was a disappointment. It was a mistake." Like he straight up said these things, and like the investors w- were coming back at him with, "What were you thinking?" Like, "I'm fucking a dude." Like they were ripping into not only the games but each, like Eve and all that. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean. Why release Ghost Recon literally back to back years? It's never. I don't think it's ever been. It annualized. wasn't back to back years. Uh, Wildlands came out in twenty seventeen. Really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that game had been out for a really long time. Well, not really long, but like I thought that came out last year. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Let, 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 I'm going to be the guy in the chair real quick. It seems yeah, like March seventh, twenty seventeen. It's been out for a while. Yeah. But at the same time, it feels like they also haven't put out much between. Because, they like, actually Division did. Two they was just... a big deal, and then they uh, keep doing stuff with Rainbow Six Siege. Like, they just mm-hmm. are adding on to that game. We haven't gotten an Assassin's Creed. We really haven't gotten a whole lot from Ubisoft, it feels like. So that might be why it feels like it came out more recently than it did. Yeah. The, they did They point, did release yeah. content for it. It was mostly just small event things that they didn't really market that well. They marketed it well to the people in the game because they jump in and they're like, hey, Predator's in the game now. And they're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> that was a real thing that happened. My guy in Wildlands has a Predator mask on and he kills cartel people. Um, <laughs> but That sounds like fun. Yeah. Actually. But yeah, the, them pushing all this stuff back and like it sucks that they're pushing it all the way up next to the new consoles that are going to come out, and unless they're cross-platform, This is why I'm convinced that backwards compatibility is going to be a thing on the next generation across the board, because, I mean, spoiler alert, Last of Us got delayed closer to the PS5 launch. Mm -hmm. Every Ubisoft game got postponed till closer to the PS5 launch or after the PS5 launch in the case of Skull and Bones. Yes. That they've got to be backwards compatible. Yeah. I, I'd be shocked if they weren't. And they must know that's the case if they're developing games for them. Well, PlayStation has flat out said that PS5 is going to be backwards compatible with 4. And then, like, this week, Microsoft made that announcement that the... Or they confirmed that every Xbox One controller that you have will work with Project Scarlet. The only reason I'm so still getting kinda... a Series 2 Elite... It's like you ever see some trouble? Oh yeah, yeah. I said that's the I said that's the reason why I'm still okay. getting a series two elite. Yeah, that new elite looks so pretty. Oh yeah. I want uh, it. I want to get an Xbox just to get that elite controller. <laughs> uh the the thing about the backwards compatibility though is that like, yeah, I really hope it is because it'd be cool if I was able to get my PS5 and just keep playing Destiny 2 and not have to worry about upgrading it or any crap like that. Um 
mm-hmm. hopefully that's what it is because I think that will help out Ubisoft in this regard because if they are like, hey, you can play, you know, the the next uh, God, what, Rainbow Six, whatever, um, get the disc and you'll be able to play it in a few months on your PS5. Cool. I'll still buy it. Great. I'm not going to buy Rainbow Six. Uh, but that would be something and that would help them out because otherwise it's like I'm not going to get these games if they're going to be cross-platform when they release. Because like uh, Assassin's Creed 4 back in the day was just on the cusp of this because they released Assassin's Creed Black Flag and then one or two weeks later the new consoles came out and it was released again for them. Mm-hmm. And I remember like... The first one, uh, the first release of it, no one bought it. Like, it was the smallest Assassin's Creed launch ever. And then they made up for it in two weeks <laughs> when it released on the new consoles. So, if that, if it's going to be like that, yeah, they, they, that's going to screw them up real hard. So, I, I hope they got that backwards compatibility for them. We'll see what happens. In this case, too. Like, they're to refer to the whole games of service because these games have been out for so long, people get used to or whatever. I think that makes sense with Division 2. Mm-hmm. I think you, in terms of games of service, I think you only need one game of service per generation. Release it early on in the generation and then keep building on it for the rest of the generation, revamp it at the beginning of the next generation. I think that's a better model. Like, why have, like, why would, like, for example, like, I know this isn't quite a games of service, but like, does Nintendo need to release another Mario Kart game for Switch? They already have one. They're good. They're done. They don't need another one. It'd be strange to have another one. Mm. I think same thing here. Like, why did Division 2 have to come out? Why didn't they just release a big DLC pack that was Washington, D.C. for the Division 1 so, as opposed to making Division 2? So let me answer two of those things. One, Nintendo will never do that with Mario Kart because they'll just add another mechanic that nobody asked for and go, this is why we made a new one. Did you want hover cars? Because <laughs> we got hover cars. Um, but I'm okay with that. With Mario Kart, I'm like, yeah, fine. Give me another $6 game, whatever. I'll, it's Mario Kart, I'll buy it. Now, the thing with what you're saying about games as service only needing one game, that's true if they go into that first game with that baked into it. Division 1 did not have that baked into it, so for them to do a completely other map would not have worked in the system that they built. They, they would not have been able to make it so that you got to pick which map you went into and all that stuff. And plus, the, in, the the real big problem with these games and doing that stuff is the install size. Destiny is up to, oh god, 80-something gigs, I think, if you have everything downloaded. And they've even oh, been talking yeah. about how they might have to start cycling content where... Hey, we're bringing out this new DLC, but we're taking away Curse of Osiris because we can't fit all of this data on there anymore. So if it's baked into it and and we get something like that, that could work, but we don't have anything like that now. Like Destiny 2 is kind of the closest thing, but they're pushing the limit on it. And I don't think that they made Division 2 with that in mind. So I again, I think every division game is going to be a different city because they don't have a way in that engine to do multiple maps. I also think that every publisher it would absolutely love to be able to sell you a $60 base game 
then let you keep buying cosmetics, keep buying oh, yeah. expansions up until, you know, the next year, two years, whatever, to then, hey, all right, all these complaints you have or these things that we're doing well, we're going to take it up as a, another notch with Division 3, Destiny 3, you know, whatever the Warframe 2, whatever they decide to do so they can get, you can get, which Warframe's a terrible example because that's free to play, but the uh, another, you know, $60 investment and mm-hmm. then start the cycle all over again. Yeah. I think that's what's saying is like that's what didn't work here is what Ubisoft is saying though is is that releasing that Division Two too close to Division One is what led to the Division Two not doing as well. But the the unfortunate. So I think thing, ideally they'd like that, but at least at least in this specific example, it hasn't played out that way. Seriously, Eve's not wrong. It's he was correct in saying that releasing Division Two so close to Division One was a mistake. However, the games as service stuff wasn't baked into division one. They had to make a new one to put more of the stuff that we've learned over the last few years with games as service into the game that wasn't in division one. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if games as service is a hmm. thing that is going to stay viable after a while, but it's what we're going to be looking at over the next few years in gaming. So I think it's going to be like Marvel movies. We're like, you have the Marvel movies is all superhero movies, basically, that dominate superhero movies. Mm-hmm. So you're basically going to have, like, there's a handful of games that are game of service, like your Fortnites or Destiny 2s. Those are your big, like, yeah. f- games of service games. And then everything else is trying to compete yeah. and not doing it very well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Fortnite, Fortnite Chapter 2 leaker is sued by Epic Games. <laughs> uh, they are suing... Ronald Skies, who's a uh, um, UX tester, user experience tester, uh, he was hired on September 21st, and I guess just started leaking stuff within days. He'd be on Twitter, people would say something, and he would just come and be like, DM me, I can tell you about swimming in, in, yeah. in, uh, he, he, yeah, in Chapter he was the guy that leaked it, the uh, map on 11. Reddit, wasn't he? Uh, I, I didn't see that in the article, but it's I don't doubt it. Yeah. They said that... They're, uh, Epic said that there were other accounts they found that they're suspicious were him mm-hmm. leaking stuff. Uh, so yeah, not good on him. Uh, you were interested in the story, Trevor. What are your thoughts? Hey, I'm just gonna start with this. Hey kids, don't don't work for companies and leak shit. It's not it's not a good idea. <laughs> You'll See, get it sued. turns out when you sign a do- a legally binding document that says i won't say anything about all of this information i'm now being exposed to but then they you say stuff anyway <laughs> they will take you to court because they can afford way better lawyers than you can because you're a dumbass dumbass like God, who, and, what, what was the game that too, uh, they can afford lawyers you can afford but you're gonna have to pay for them anyway when you obviously lose this lawsuit what, you have to pay their what legal game fees. was that guy leaking from nintendo a couple years ago and they hunted his ass down like it took them a year but they found him and sued him <laughs> oh no that was a, oh i have no idea I, I don't think that was a leak i think it was a, or like he was selling early copies oh was it that i think so because it was in australia because they talked oh, okay. about it on one of the kind of funny shows this week uh, there's like there's like an australian guy who down. broke a street date somehow and they yeah, yeah they got Ooh. him like years later um but with with, with this stuff it yeah, don't don't you sign an NDA? Fucking stick to the NDA unless it's Jason Schreier's talking to you because he'll you know take you into his you know ever loving arms and hold on to you and make you feel comfortable. Uh, <laughs> leak stuff to him, it's fine. But yeah, don't freaking don't take this shit onto Reddit and Twitter. What are you doing? Especially if <laughs> Especially he's using your his personal own Twitter, Twitter account. account. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. 
uh, they'll never and, catch me. And yeah, the reason the reason I sent you is just because it's like, yeah, if you leak shit and you are easily found out, there will be consequences. And this dude is learning that the hard way. Yeah, I have no serious consequences too. Like seriously, in the grand scheme of things, what's what's gonna have a bigger impact in your life? Some people are gonna go, hey, did did you leak? the Fortnite chapter two stuff yeah. which no one will have never asked no. you <laughs> or is the millions of dollars are probably going to owe this company oh my god they owe be you debt for yeah he's and, and no one will hire him again either. oh yeah no one's that, gonna be like the, yeah come work at our studio that's the other big thing if you want to have an actual career in gaming and in the video game industry don't fucking do this like just what no yeah, mm-hmm. his career's dead yeah Michael Pactor had a good. Uh, you get? Do you, have, do you guys ever watch Pactor Factor? <laughs> no, I no. know Michael Pactor. I didn't know he had a show. Yeah, he has a little show called Pactor Factor. I like it. Pactor Basically, Factor. people just ask him questions. But be, no, but because he has a lot of industry connections, he works with a lot of studio heads a lot. He kind of gets how these things work. Yeah, at a different level than a lot of other game commentators because he's a stock analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, since he's always right, but he talked about how games leak. Mm-hmm. And he's like, when you're talking about like legitimate leaks, what usually happens is someone on Reddit who's outside of the system or the industry notices a consistency or a pattern of some kind, and then says, "Hey, I think this is going to happen," and then they'll put it out there. And then if enough people agree, it quote-unquote becomes a leak. Yeah. That's how most leaks actually happen. Yeah. Hmm. The, I'll, have to, I'll have to look into that. That Pactor Factor. <laughs> I so like Pactor Factor. It's a good show. I I also like Michael Pactor. I guess some people don't like him. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes he, you know, from what I hear, like, crawls up his own ass, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, he, oh, he's definitely full of himself. <laughs> he definitely thinks he's very smart, but he is very smart, yeah. so. Well, that's the other thing, like, the, the yeah. thing is, though, he's successful because he's not wrong all the time. Like, he gets shit right. Like, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. But people love to point out like what he's wrong about something. And I'm like, yeah, but that's like one yeah. thing you just mentioned. Yeah, that happens. I mean, he makes his money off of stock from mm-hmm. knowing the game industry. Like, he knows his shit. Yeah. Um, Ace, I'm really curious what you think about this next story. So this is WWE Games' response to backlash received from the release of WWE 2K20. Um, just going to few points here then we'll jump into it wwe 2k20 has been suffering from some serious bugs which is kind of putting it lightly terribly outdated graphics glitchy animations and a lot of other issues they acknowledge the issues on twitter after tons of backlash people being really pissed at the game really poor review scores they said we are listening closely to the feedback that's been shared regarding wwe 2k and are aware of the concerns some players are reporting we're working hard to investigate these concerns and address them as necessary we expect to have an initial patch ready in the next two weeks with others to follow stay tuned to to wwe games social media channels for more information asa (sighs) okay (laughs) so if if any of your listeners have like or if there's any of the podzilla people who have followed me to listen to this you've heard me talk about the 2k franchise in general with wwe games i have never been a fan of these games in like pretty much from the jump the last wrestling game i think i ever truly loved was in the smackdown versus raw series these just like i I just i'm not a huge fan of the way they do these but for weeks leading up to this to the release there have been videos there's been twitter posts there have been like official footage that they have put out 
I don't know how much of this you guys have seen, but there's a, a, a wrestler in NXT named Bianca Belair. She has a giant braided ponytail that goes like down to her ass. And part of her shtick, like part of her gimmick, is she hits people with it. And it makes a really awesome sound. It's cool. They they posted her entrance, and it looks like it is a sentient pool noodle, like next to her head. And then it just snaps back behind her whenever she's done twirling it for her entrance. Sentient this, pool noodle is my next D and D item. This <laughs> this game looked atrocious. And granted, there's some factors that went into it. Ukes left. We're not 100 percent sure if they quit or were fired, but they they pieced out, and they were the primary developer for all of this. But this game comes out, and it is a mess. The character models look terrible. The story mode stuff looks like it's from a PS2 era, legitimately. Like, people were playing a game. Is this Bully or WWE 2K20? It's it's unacceptable for a company well, to put out this and say, yes, pay us $60 now. <laughs> oh, and then, like, this statement honestly, like, made me mad. Like, even angrier because like i'm i'll admit i was wrong i very much predicted that they were never going to issue a statement other than patch notes when it inevitably got patched but for them to say we are aware of the concerns some players are reporting we're working hard to (laughs) investigate these concerns and address them as necessary what do you what do you mean investigate turn on your fucking twitter but also some players are reporting. Yeah. Actually, it seems pretty unanimous. So I, mean, like, I don't think anyone's playing this game going, no, it's great. Sh- what are you guys complaining about? You don't see the game I see. My Pro Wrestling Inscripted co-hosts, Shannon and Dalton, like they have had, they've run into issues, but I don't know if they've really run into any of the huge game-breaking things that are coming up on Twitter, which granted, like, yeah, you're going to see the worst of the worst on Twitter, but the sheer volume of those is unacceptable. But for them to say, oh, we're working hard to investigate no you know you put out a broken game like that's just what you did the game is broken and then for them to say it's going to take two weeks to get an initial patch get the fuck out of here <laughs> and the thing that makes me the tell most tell me how angry, you really feel asa oh uh, dude i <laughs> wrestling already gets enough of a black eye it doesn't need this shit show to like make it look even worse but, like, the thing that pisses me off the most is I know that next year, if they put out a semi-competent game, like a game that doesn't have these totally broken everything, they're going to pat themselves on the back and be like, oh, look, 2K21, return to form. This is the game you've all been wanting. Ugh. I just, it's so gross. No bugs. Well, that's just not going to happen because, like, and a lot of the things where people are saying, it's like, well, these are all, like, yes, we are getting the same bugs we've gotten in 19 and in 18 and in 17 because nothing ever really gets fixed. Everything just kind of gets updated. Or in the case of 2K20, even stripped away. So it's... Or the graphics literally look worse. I was seeing some reviews, some comparisons to 20, uh, uh, 2K19. Mm-hmm. It is noticeably worse. No, yeah, the character. Mo- a mean, lot of the character models are real, real bad. Like if you look up uh, the Rock in two K nineteen yeah. versus two K twenty, like they look like they they have a very robust create a wrestler feature, which a lot of the content, like that the com- the community content that gets put out, is really awesome. Because then that's how you get guys like Kenny Omega and you know the people who aren't in the game for whatever reason. Like you can kind of get them in the game looking very, very realistic but like some of these character models of the actually scanned in or done by 2k superstars look like bad creator wrestlers 
Like it's someone who it's like they designed the rock off of memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, and they don't remember him very well. <laughs> they didn't have the budget for Google Images. They just didn't have it. So they couldn't do anything from his likes. Yeah. So do you guys ever watch um, Funhouse's news? The Inside Gaming. Yes, I love Inside Gaming. No, I don't. Did you Did you watch the one? Because they did it. They dedicated an entire episode. Oh to no, how I haven't seen that. Is. Yeah, I'll go watch that after this episode. <laughs> so it's really good. But Lawrence has a really phenomenal theory on why this game is how it is. And essentially, if you go back to 2K15, these games have been selling less and less every year. Like, it went, it was at, like, three-something million, I think, for 2K15, and then 19 didn't even crack, like, 1.3 or something, something like that. Ooh. So essentially what they're doing now is instead of trying to go out and find someone to replace Ukes, they kept it all in-house with their creative vision or whatever the studio is called. So they are trying to keep the costs as low as possible because they know they're already going to take a wash on the franchise, on the licensing, because 2K has the exclusive rights to WWE. Like, no one else can put out a WWE game using the WWE trademarks. So his theory is that they are just pumping out as cheaply made as possible games until that license expires. So they're going to try to lose as little lose as little as possible or in what happened, what could or what could have happened with the Battlefront 2 fallout of maybe WWE just pulls the license from them. Yeah. And the more he talked about it, more likely going to happen. The more he talked about it, the more I was like, oh, dang. Yeah, that doesn't sound insane, because otherwise I would hate to think that this is a group of people's honest to God best work. Mm hmm. I'd have I'd be hard pressed to I'd be shocked if someone was proud of the game. Oh no, and I know there's like and I talked about it on PWU, yeah. like I guarantee you there are people that are heartbroken seeing what they put out. Oh. But yeah. like it's these are the decisions coming from, you know, the top of two K and mm-hmm. not at the ground level of people who do love wrestling and who do want to have a good wrestling game. And budget makes sense because if you look at like the whole like it looks like a PS three game. And a lot like the one common thing I've been seeing from reviewers of this game is that they say, quote, we know we joke around this kind of this a lot, but this really does legitimately look like a last generation game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and it does. The character models are not like not even the character models, even the environments themselves yeah. have nothing going on inside of them. They're just these kind of like hollow set piece rooms. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like lived in or real in any way at all. It just feels like they had to have some walls and it's a hotel room, so we'll put a bed. And they like one of the scenes is in hotel room, and it's just like all right, standard bed, standard desk, standard chair, nothing special about anything in this room at all. Mm-hmm. No fine details, like just build something quick and throw it in there. And then all of the like all of the really really special stuff, the the two K originals, which are you know that's where the fiend is, who that's the hottest act in WWE right now. Like all of that stuff, that's DLC. It's not even out yet. So it was the you know that was the free pre order bonus. So the stuff that everyone was really really looking forward to, isn't even on the disc. Yeah. Or it isn't. It's not available at launch. And it just like I love wrestling so much. Like I I really do. It's it is one of my true passions in life. And to see us consistently get subpar uh, representation in video games. It just, it really, really bumps me out. Mm -hmm. Because this is just garbage. (laughs) And that statement they issued is garbage. 
<laughs> well, who knows? Maybe I, it's still will... better than Blizzard's statement about China. <laughs> Speaking of Blizzard, <laughs> can I come in with some uh, breaking news? Ooh, yeah. Uh, supposed you're on third party still. Supposed so. uh, images of Overwatch Two have leaked. Uh, one of them is showing off uh, talents uh, for Tracer that unlock at certain levels, uh, a supposed new hero, and uh, what looks like uh, something out of a cutscene with several of the Overwatch heroes talking. Read through another uh, article from a <laughs> a site that I've never heard of before, so I doubt is going to be all that credible. So take this with a grain of salt. Uh, but what site is it? Oh God, I'm trying to find the name of it again because I scrolled past it. Uh, but basically, one of the things that they were saying is is that uh, the leaker is saying that there is uh, currently no plans to carry over any progress or any content over from Overwatch 1 into Overwatch 2. So any skins, uh, your diamond status, nothing is carrying over. And uh, that has a lot of people, um, you know, obviously upset if that's true because they've spent a lot of money and a lot of time on Overwatch 1. And so now to basically doing Overwatch 2 and apparently there's going to be PVE missions and new maps and stuff like that and some new heroes. But that seems like a bad call to do because we were literally just talking about uh, releasing two sequel games with a lot of DLC content too close to each other. And this, I think, would be <laughs> a very good example of that. Didn't they also say they were never going to make Overwatch 2? People say a lot I've... of things. <laughs> <laughs> but they said, like, it wasn't even like, we're not going to make it. It's that we don't need to make it. Like, anything that we would put in Overwatch 2 will be added content yeah. to Overwatch 1. Yeah. Well, I know they mentioned like the, the 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 original leak of Overwatch Two was going to include a story mode, so that PVE version, which is, sounds like a lot mm-hmm. of that could be coming from. The cynical part of me almost thinks that Blizzard might be just leaking this themselves to take some yeah. of the pressure off of the what is surely <laughs> going to be an absolute shit show with BlizzCon. Yeah. So yeah, they don't want someone coming with mic going. Uh, was this a joke? Yeah. So well, if you think anybody <laughs> is going to have off. a live mic at BlizzCon this year, I got a bridge to sell you. <laughs> uh, these are going to be just. Have, You're totally right. They're not going to do anything like they'll that. They'll have question and answers, but they will be pre-submitted questions that they ha- are reading off of a cue oh, card. I guarantee uh, you, they're not yeah. going to let anyone Every up to that voice- mic. No, yeah. Yeah, every voice matters, asterisk, as long as you're on the stage with us. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, so I'm wondering if even and even the nothing is going to carry over, that also just very much sounds like a, okay, we're going to rip the Band-Aid off, only to then, hey, guess what? All of your skins in patch, you know, Overwatch 2 1.0 or the, 1.5. The leaker did say that it's possible that will change, and yeah, that would... Because if they put out this news now, it's like, nothing's going to carry over. And then they come out and they're like, everything's going to carry over. And everyone's like, oh, we forgive you. It's like, oh, well, don't. Yeah, I <laughs> exactly. guarantee you that they won't even mention it at the announcements. It'll be something that gets announced afterwards, or they'll try to get ahead of it and try to patch it before they even have to tell anyone that it doesn't carry over. I yeah. could see them not doing it, at, like not making that announcement with the announcement of the game because they want that to be as positive as possible. But I feel like they can't release two and that's how people find out. Mm-hmm. Like they will have to acknowledge it at some point before, between the, the announcement and the launch. Didn't Destiny get away with this? Didn't Destiny 2 not carry over any of your progress? <sighs> no, it, did, it didn't, but other than like your character... 
But they, oh, they you said played everything. Destiny One. Here's an emblem. Mm-hmm. Hope you. And like I, that. but that is something that people were very upset about. Oh yeah, I I was a I was an emblem fiend in Destiny One, and now because none of them carried over in Destiny Two, and I know they won't carry over in Destiny Three, I don't give a fucking shit about them. Uh, every time they're like, "Oh, come do this <laughs> thing, you'll get an emblem," I'm like, "I really don't fucking care. I'll I'll donate money to the charity stuff, but you giving me an emblem means absolutely nothing to me. So I'm just gonna donate for charity." <laughs> But yeah, I, I didn't want to I don't want to take up too much time with that because again, this is a you know an unofficial leak from people who I'm not sure are credible sources. There's a few images that I thought were interesting and it's trending on Twitter right now, so I thought it might be worth mentioning. Interesting. Interestante. Speaking of interesting, we go to our Microsoft Quest log, which has one item in it, but it's an important item. Microsoft has paid indie devs over one billion dollars this generation. Specifically, one point two billion to developers in the ID Xbox program. Trevor, this is one you wanted to talk yes, about. Yes, I'm. I love indie games. I love indie developers. I love anyone that's just like I wanted to make a game, so I fucking did it. And to hear that Microsoft <laughs> is like, you know, paying these people what they deserve, and they're funding them, and they're making their dreams come true. I love it. Yeah, Microsoft does some dumb shit, but I like that they're doing this. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is, I mean, it's good news for indies all around. I think it's something that's going to do, I wonder if this is even just a way of saying, hey, I know indies are having a good time on Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch right now, but don't forget that. Oh, this is 100% coming what that out next is. year. Because, like, Nintendo's very, has a very good relationship with uh, indie developers doing their, you know, Nindies events and stuff like that. But they're not funding, like, I think maybe, like, three indie games they've ever funded. Like, uh, like uh, what was the... Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, is, like, that is a really big step for Nintendo. They let someone who's only made one game make a Zelda game. And that's really cool. Yeah. But, you know, Nint- but Microsoft, on the other hand, is, like, we are just giving you money to make games that you want to make. And... I I absolutely love that they're doing that, and I do wish that Nintendo did it a little bit more, but they don't really need to because, like, every Thursday, there's a freaking flood of indie games on that Switch. (laughs) Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah, but and and that's the thing. Like, the Switch is... An, an, or, uh, an indie machine it really is uh, I like I love Breath of the Wild and all the Nintendo games on everything but like man anytime I see a new indie game that's coming out especially if it's like a, a 2D side scrolling game I'm like uh, when's that coming to Switch and if they're like it's not I go you're fucking up yeah absolutely yeah so but like, I think like Hollow Knight was already a big game on PC but I yeah. think it blew up on Switch yeah. um, I actually bought it God, for, for uh, on Steam when it came out, because I was so hyped about it, and I got like an hour into the game, I went, I have to stop playing this, because I want to play this on Switch, and it's not going to be as special if I play through it already. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, like I'm saying that, and like I want to play everything on my Switch, but at the same time, if if Microsoft is willing to give these people money to make these games, who knows, maybe they'll bring them to Switch, but like I, I absolutely love that they're doing that, and... It's mm-hmm. like Nintendo is fine, but like then there's Sony off on the other side. That's like we used to be really good with indie games. <laughs> Remember us? <laughs> but then we didn't need them anymore. Remember that time we did an <laughs> E3 and showed a bunch of indie games, and we did that. <laughs> but there, but actually now it's more. Uh, well, we don't need to sell the Vita anymore, oh. so we're done with indie games. R.I.P. <laughs> you will be. Missed. It's like Sony's like if Michael Bay like took three years to start making art films. 
and then <laughs> just immediately went back to like uh, my, the island two. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Oh, the island was terrible. Oh. Hey, you McGregor's pretty in that. Um. <laughs> he is. We all right. So this is. I think this is hysterical. In high school, do you ever do this in high school? Like you'd read a book and then watch the movie of that book. Yeah. Oh, I still do that. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, we read Brave New World, and the accompanying movie for Brave New World was The Island. Oh my god. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I have no idea. I guess they're similar uh, enough. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I can see where you tried, but you only tried. Um, it's literally the only thing I, know, I remember about the island is that we were the only people in the theater when we saw it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I, I think I think that's all we need to say about Microsoft indie stuff. Like They're doing an awesome job, and as long as they keep doing this, good on them. C, C, C. All right, so Sony's her final quest log before the main quest. So Last of Us Part 2 has been delayed. It's now coming in May, uh, May 29th specifically, despite just being announced for February a month ago. The team either faced delaying or compromising the game, according to Neil Druckmann. He said, we wish we could have foreseen the amount of polish we needed, but the size and scope of this game got the better of us. We hate disappointing our fans. For that, we're, we're sorry. This also apparently, according to Jason Schreier, is going to have an impact on Ghost of Tsushima. He tweeted out, BT dubs, he said BTW, Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> doesn't have a public release date yet, but it'll be pumped later. It'll be pumped later in 2020. I copy and pasted that. It's kind of odd I think he means bumped. Be, um, bu- oh, bumped, bumped, blah. I'm just, I'm an idiot there. Also be bumped later in 2020 to account for this delay. Don't expect them to suddenly um, turn it into a PS5 game or anything, but it was originally planned for the first half of the year, not anymore. And that makes so, a lot of sense. So you and yeah. I were talking about this on Destiny, that um, about how close it is to Cyberpunk. However, I just looked at it, so it's, got, it's May 29th now. So Cyberpunk comes out a month and a half before um, Last of Us 2. Now, I'm not going to say that's enough time. I'm not going to say that people aren't going to be done with uh, Cyberpunk because like it's going it's a long fucking game. But I think that now is a better distancing of Cyberpunk from this game, where it's going to have more of its own window. Cyberpunk comes out, everybody's like, "Woo!" And then like you know, ev- the talk about starts to die down by the time Last of Us Two comes out, so they got more of their own window uh, of a focus. Yeah. It's also really close to E3, which I think would be a death sentence for a lot of games, but not for the no, last of us. No, not at no, all. No, it's big enough to yeah, it's big enough to survive that. Yeah. Now, every other game that changed its release date to not compete with The Last of Us. <laughs> Cuz like the first half of 2020 <laughs> is going to be loaded. Cyberpunk, yeah. Yeah. Last of Us, Avengers. Uh, uh, it's Oh yeah, that's right. That Avengers game intense. exists. Doom, Animal Crossing, Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. There's so much. <laughs> oh, Animal Crossing. Oh, I can't wait. I, I want that I'm game so bad. And Chad's not here to talk shit about it. So fuck you, Chad. You suck. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm also excited for Furry Chore Simulator. <sighs> I can't wait for a goat to want That's to give me is. their sweatshirt <laughs> at two in the morning. Oh, it's gonna be so good. I just think it's funny that Doom and Animal Crossing are coming out on the same day. What <laughs> like a two games that couldn't day. be any more different from each other. <laughs> oh my god! So there's been a lot of talk of Ghost of Tsushima going to PS5 anyway. 
Uh, Jesus Christ says, don't expect that. But I think because of the cross, a lot of these games will be cross-gen, obviously. There's going to be enhancements, I think, for PS5. Yeah. And I think they might then just end up using this game as like a look at the comparison between this on PS4, which already looked really fucking good, and on PS5, it's going to look even more fucking good yeah. than before. So I think that that's going to be fine. That's not going to hurt them, I don't think. But in terms of Last of Us, delay it. Delay it as long as you need to. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to play this game, but I can't wait to play the game that Naughty Dog is happy yeah. with. Yeah, I would so much rather... It's the it's the Miyamoto quote of a rushed game is... Bad forever. Bad. Yeah. yeah, bad forever. But you can... you know A delayed game is eventually good. Because can you imagine yeah. if The Last of Us came out looking like WWE? <laughs> like, I know they would never put out something <laughs> like that, but... That crap like, is, no, but like, yeah, it would just be, like Joel, oh, you're so here, and her teeth just start floating away. Yeah, <laughs> Ma- Mass Effect Andromeda style. They have no eyelids anymore. We have to get these clickers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blink. Oh boy! So yeah, I think I think I don't know if anyone's actually upset about the the delay. I mean, I'm sure people no. haven't really seen too much. I'm sure people are like base level, like their gut reaction is, "Oh man." And then also kind of giving oh, of them course, a little bit yeah. of shit because really you just had a special event dedicated to the announcement of your release date and you're already going back on that. But ultimately, I think everybody recognizes, especially fans of the franchise, like mm-hmm. they recognize that this is a good thing, all things considered. Yeah. Personally, I was pretty happy because that's going to be after my semester, which means that I won't have to compete <laughs> they did with, it for you, Holden. with things I actually have to do. It's all for you. My teacher friend. It's all for me. My teacher friend also was like, ooh, this is how I'm going to kick off my summer. Yep. So he was he yeah, was real excited exactly. about that. And honestly, it gives me a little bit more time to actually play the first Last of Us. So I'm not upset at all. Oh, man. I really want to make it a barf next year just because I want to play through it again mm-hmm. before the new one comes out. I wanted to do it for... Just to remember all those story details. I wanted to do it for Halloween, Excuse but me. I just never got, a, I'll, got around I'll tell you to this, it. It's not a, it's not a very Halloween-y game. Yeah, because it's not scary. It's more, uh, and that's the reason I haven't played it yet, is yeah. because I recognize the amount of time and emotional energy I'm going to have to dedicate to it, mm-hmm. and I've, <laughs> I'm never really like ready to make that level of commitment quite yet. Yeah. But I think after Control, <laughs> that'll be the one that I jump into. That or either uh, it might be Dragon Quest Eleven. But there you go. We'll see. Dragon Quest Eleven is good so far. I played the demo. I haven't gotten a chance to play the full release, even though I have it on my Switch. I've... I have such a huge blind spot in JRPGs in general of just I don't enjoy them, but I got it for super cheap and I heard it was a good like it was a good one to start with like it's a good entry point for JRPGs. It is. It's very straightforward RPG. So I, I'm 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 going to give it a try. I'm trying to expand my my gaming IQ a little bit. I need I need to do the JRPGs as well. I have I, I have played a Final Fantasy three on the DS. Pokemon is my JRPG yeah. extent. Yeah, I was Sun. reluctant to say Pokemon because like, it is technically a JRPG, yeah. <laughs> but I don't associate it with JRPGs. Oh, no, it's... Like, it's, it's kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's RPGs, JRPGs, and Pokemon. It's just like a separate thing altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's really not. <laughs> it really is just a JRPG. Technically, it's a Japanese so, RPG. <laughs> technically, yeah. Moving on to the main quest. This will be oh god, interesting. So Fallout first. Let's go through all this stuff and then we'll discuss all this wonderful news. 
So Fallout First is a Fallout 76 subscription service for $100 a year. Included oh. for the service, which is also $12.99 per month and is available to uh, October 23rd, by the way. So it's already out. So in- what's included is private worlds. So you can have you can play in a private world exclusively for you and up to seven friends. You get a scrap box, which is unlimited storage for crafting components in your own new scrap, to- uh, scrap box container. A survival tent, a new placeable fast travel point with a stash, sleeping bag, and more for your basic needs. You get free atoms every month. You get uh, 1,650, which is an interesting number to pick. What does that tra- do? Do we know what per that month. translates to in real world money? Because the atoms uh, are about premium. $16.50. Okay. So you already made up all your money for the twelve ninety nine monthly subscription. <laughs> you made it all back. You get a Ranger armor outfit, which is an iconic Fallout outfit exclusively for members. And you get icons and emotes. And they're unique. And they're emotes. And they're only available to members. In the words, so that's what it is. In the words of Ubisoft's investors, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's been the response basically from literally everybody so first article here is bethesda pledges to fix early fallout first bugs oh we're going to talk about the launch issues first then we're going to jump into the public response so there are already issues with the private worlds. actually trevor you let me know this when we were playing destiny mm-hmm. on thursday and that you can the private worlds are available to anyone in your friends list so if you make a private world anybody in your friends list on fallout uh 76 can just join in and the issue there is that a lot of players have friends that they just trade with but aren't like really exactly their friends like you have five thousand facebook friends but only like you know 20 of them are actually your friends it's like like that 10 year old that you accidentally friended on Fortnite one night while you were drunk just suddenly pops in your game hi i'm here let's go some stuff and you're like oh cool my private world is now shriek factory (laughs) (laughs) so bethesda says they've realized now that's not what players want they're going to resolve that issue the private worlds are also being generated from old server instances which basically means that you'll go to an area to loot and realize it's already been looted no one has been there they just used an old server state that has already been looted for your private world so that's a lot of fun and then the items that you're dropping in your uh, scrap box to get later um they they might not be there when you, when you go back to your scrap box. Although Bethesda says the items aren't gone, they're just not showing up. It's an interface issue. Literally, so they think they can patch that. They up. Literally, one so. of the fixes they said to people was to uninstall the game and reinstall it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, in 1997, <laughs> that wasn't that big of a problem. Do you know how fucking long it takes to do that now? <laughs> and also, the balls on them to tell people to reinstall fallout 76 <laughs> in general so yeah so here, here's here's the thing so it, how much did you say it cost uh per- it is 12.99 a month a hundred dollars a okay. year i just want to point out a few things so their other online game elder scrolls online does have a subscription option now, it's a full-price game, and they put out um, almost full-price expansions every year, like they've done Morrowind and Elsewhere and uh, Somerset Isles, I think. Um, and But they have an option to do a subscription one that gets you a bunch of perks and stuff like that. It's $15, and you get 1500 of their in-game currency and along with a bunch of other stuff. This is $2 less... 
and doesn't get you nearly as much stuff. And then to also point out, it's still three dollars more than Game Pass, <laughs> where you can play all the fucking games. Yeah, it costs as much as a Netflix subscription. Yeah, and you're getting non-private worlds, <laughs> a box that will eat your shit, um, some emotes no one's going to care about, a ranger outfit, ooh, and that's it. But it's cool, but it's exclusive. But it's exclusive, Trevor. It's an exclusive ranger <sighs> outfit. It's special. <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of fans agree with you, Trevor. Like, here's the thing. So They're pretty pissed. So, so Elder Scrolls Online, I can give a bigger pass to on stuff because it is actually an MMO. And it is a completely open world and stuff like that. And MMOs need some supporting because they take a lot of stuff to run them. This is not an MMO. This is an instanced map with how many? 16 players? Is it private worlds is um, up to eight, eight, including yourself. I think it's twelve players. You're shitting me. Regularly, okay. So not even a destiny-sized group of people in an open world, <laughs> and then they want to start charging almost MMO monthly charges on it. Or you could save some money and pay them a hundred dollars for a year. And if you do that, you're insane. <laughs> like I, I just I don't know. There, there, there's been a theory going around that uh, Bethesda is trying to keep Fallout seventy six relevant through controversy, and man, does this make me think that's true? <laughs> that's a shitty thing to do, though. But uh, I mean, it goes back to the old edge. Uh, all in, was it uh, n- any news is good news or something like that? Some shit like that. I don't know. It's freaking no such anymore. thing as bad press. There we go. Yeah, that. Um, so, I like the theory is that they just keep doing these things in order to keep themselves in the news so that people are thinking about them. But uh, I don't know. That's it seems like a bad idea. And and they did they delay it is bad. They yeah. delayed a DLC and then put this out. Yeah, literally like mm-hmm. two or three days before they announced this, they announced that the first big like, okay, hey, we know you hated playing a Fallout game with no human NPC, so we're adding those it was in. The, it was the NPC DLC, the thing they yeah. announced at E3. Are you fucking shitting me? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, oh look, my this God. is getting this is getting pushed back. Oh, but by the way, since you know this game isn't you know done or works as well as you want it to, give us a hundred dollars a year. Oh my! And we'll get God. around to it eventually. Bethesda has a big black eye for me, mostly because again, like they just continue to put out games that don't work. Yeah. Go back to like Skyrim's launch, Fallout 4's launch. Like they always put out buggy messes. And, and then for them to have the audacity to go on stage and make a joke about it, and then they put out Fallout 76. Well, so here's the no. thing. There was there's been a lot of goodwill with Bethesda because they make games that are, you know, buggy but fun and cool right. and everybody loves them. But that goodwill is starting to go away. It is starting to go away very quickly. They should not be immune to these criticisms. Yeah. Like, No, they shouldn't. But if you look at like games like Obsidian, or sorry, Susan like Obsidian, who just released Outer Worlds, which is, I mean, it is a Fallout-style game, like Trevor was just saying, and it's a better, would you say it's a better launch? Oh, yeah. Than Fallout 100%. 4? Like, 100%. 
Witcher 3 is a giant RPG that's yeah. huge in fantasy, and that's going to start ranking in those people. They're also doing Cyberpunk, which I think is going to be like the next really big yeah. RPG on like a Skyrim level. It's shaping up that way. Basically, to, but it doesn't need to do something. To me, Starfield needs to be incredible. To me, what I've, I've seen with Bethesda is that they you know, let themselves believe that they are the best and will always be the best and then didn't think that they needed to change anything about themselves and the way that the games that they make in order to stay the best. And they are learning that lesson hard right now. I don't know how Fallout 76 it will continue over the next year. I, it's, I didn't even know how it was going to continue after its launch last November, let alone where it's going to be this November. So... We'll find out. I think it's a shame because I was pumped when they announced the DLC at E3. Yeah, I was on that episode. That got with me you on guys. board to say I might buy this game. Yeah, and I almost bought it during the summer. Yeah, we we were I really excited did. about with the battle royale thing they were going to do and the NPCs coming. Yeah. We're like, shit, this might actually be a Fallout game. But now, God, what the fuck? <laughs> well, and so <laughs> earlier uh, in the show, we talked about the you know putting out a how many games of service a studio should put out per console generation mm-hmm. and they mentioned something i think on kind of funny again was like i can absolutely believe that there eventually will be studios that want to charge a subscription service just for the game like they to go like that full mmo model and i think this is bethesda trying to tip a toe like dip a toe into that because Bethesda's also, you know, we laughed hilariously that they wanted to charge us $5 for horse armor. Oh, yeah. Before anybody oh, else yeah, was doing right. any of that, that like, paid DLC. They were kind of the first one, and everyone ripped them to shreds. But now there aren't very many games that come out that don't have those paid add-ons at, mm-hmm. at some point. So this may just be another example of Bethesda doing it the wrong way, but being ahead of the curve. Yeah. Of just like, hey, here's a game of a service, but if you really want the real experience, the best possible experience, once we fix it, you got to subscribe. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's not that much better of an experience, even if everything worked out the way they said it was, where it's going to be private worlds and all this cool shit, it still was not worth the price that they were asking for. It, it's the it's the yeah. horse armor of subscription benefits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why would I pay for this? But then everybody's going to do it. And everything's a nightmarish hellscape. <laughs> Let's jump into what the fans were saying about this, or a really particular one fan mm-hmm. that I, I saw I this, this is amazing. I, I saw this on the notes because I wanted to make sure it got brought up because it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. So they the site for Fallout first, they, they Bethesda didn't buy the domain for it, so someone <laughs> That's else did. Right. <laughs> and then someone just changed the entire they kept the images the same the layout was exactly the same and they just changed all the text so here's what the uh there's a, a an archive linked to this mm-hmm. that i can put in the show notes if you guys want it actually you guys already have it but for everyone else i'll put the link in there so he said in the opening ever since fallout 76 launched we have consistently done nothing to improve and evolve <laughs> the experience based on your shitty feedback that's why we're excited to launch fallout Fuck you first. A premium ass pounding membership that offers something dumbass players have been asking for since before launch. Private worlds for you and your um, select uh, select idiot cough friends. So we decided to put it behind a paywall. In addition to this huge feature in quotes, Fallout Fuck You First also includes a host of pointless items and cult bonus bonuses, all of which you can find on my foreskin. <laughs> for the best part, Fallout Fuck You First is available to screw you right now. 
That's just one paragraph. It's literally everything on the web page was like this. It's amazing. It is. It has been archived because it was taken down very quickly. Oh my! Very quickly, God. yes. But thank you, uh, Wayback Machine, which is an amazing website where it just catalogs most websites, and you can pull that stuff back up again. Oh my God! So yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. So they're feeling uh, the heat right now for sure. Basically, just everything we were talking about before. So I wanted to get that in there before moving on to our Ryan subscriber interrogatives, which this week comes from Dustin Epitome Hill, who said, okay, hashtag Ryan subscriber interrogatives. I need to hear y'all's thoughts on all the Death Stranding stuff that's been revealed, specifically Otter Norman Reedus. He tweeted... There's been a lot of Death Stranding stuff. He tweeted this, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What the fuck are you fucking talking about? There's a, there's a picture of Norman Reedus's character, uh, Sam Bridges, wearing an otter suit in the game. Oh, Death that Stranding. doesn't surprise me in the but least. It, but how does he get the otter suit? We don't know yet. Do we know We yet? know who gives it to him. Is it Conan, it's Conan O'Brien? O'Brien? It's Conan yeah. fucking O'Brien. Yeah. Because <laughs> Conan O'Brien's in the game. They, they announced that, which is neat. Like, I am, I'm, the wrong, I'm on the wrong episode for him to ask that question because I'm not super excited for Death Stranding. Oh, my God. That, I'm that, curi- that otter costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm curious about it, but like, I, I never got into the Metal Gear franchise. So I don't have that attachment to Kojima that a lot of people, you know, rightfully do. Like, I understand he's a genius and he puts out some great things. Uh, It's just all kind of missed me. So I'm curious about it, but I'm not someone who, like, is keeping up with any of this news. The only reason I know about this is because of Conan O'Brien. Uh, hold on, I, I, I know you don't do thumbnails for the show, but if you did, I, I would want this Conan O'Brien in an otter <laughs> mask as the thumbnail that I'm... Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, I love Metal I Gear. I think that this and, game is just going to be quirky and weird. Yeah, no, like I love I, I love Metal Gear and I love Kojima, but like this game, I'm just like this game is r- real fucking weird. Like, what the fuck is happening in this game? <laughs> like, part of me wants to get it, yeah, but the I'm, other part of me just kind of wants to watch someone else play it. So I don't know what I'm going to do when it comes out. <laughs> I have it pre-ordered, so I have it. I'm going to play it. I don't have it. Mm-hmm. I can't play yeah. it. I don't have early access or anything. But people do have early access to it now. And so far, the buzz is that it is fucking incredible. Good. Yeah, I know the uh, the embargo lifts so, on the first. So are, so are you going yeah. to be kind of like consuming all the reviews and impressions that come out? Or are you going to want to try to go and do it a little bit blinder? You, you know, this past year, I really have stopped watching reviews for games for games because i just want it to be my own opinion i don't want to know what anyone else is saying about it mm-hmm. unless like in this case like wwe 2k20 i have no plans to play that game and for the new story i had to look at the reviews because that was relevant outside of that i really don't watch reviews anymore okay i am so i'm just gonna i just i'm pretty good about staying away from that stuff i am actually going to dive full into those and like even if there's like spoiler uh stuff i'll probably look into it because i can guarantee you there's gonna be a bunch of shit in this game that even if it's spoiled for you Still gonna be fucking weird when you see it, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna die pretty hard because <laughs> I want to know what the fuck is going on. Why is Norman Reedus peeing yeah, off I'm a cliff really... with Mads Mikkelsen coming out of oil? I don't. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be really strange. But I, I'm 
I've been back and forth this year. I was really excited about it. Then the gameplay of Norman Reedus peeing on a mushroom, and I went, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get this game. <laughs> and the gameplay demo came out, and I'm like, you know, all right, it's not just peeing on mushrooms. There's some there's some meat to the bones here. <laughs> and so I pre-ordered it. I'm going to play it. I'm excited for it. I feel like this. I'm uh, excited for it. I feel it. like I this uh, subscriber interrogative should have been passed over to uh, to Jerrica's podcast because <laughs> <laughs> she, she'd be the one to, to talk to about this. <laughs> Yeah, she knows a lot about Death Stranding for sure. Um, I want to jump into Game on Game Show because I do. I made a Game on Game Show. That's usually Chad's yeah! thing. But Chad's obviously. We didn't really announce at the beginning of the podcast, but I think people put it together that Chad's not recording with us today. Yeah, fuck you. Because <laughs> Mike's just been off this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna play Mary Fuck Kill, <laughs> except. We're going to play the the safe, Christian-appropriate version of Mary Fuck Kill, which is Mary Hug Excommunicate. No, fuck you. I'm Mary fucking killing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be bed so, with dead. <laughs> oh, I like that, too. Oh, wow. I like so, that. no, we can do Mary Fuck Kill. That's fine. So, first one is we're going to do Mary Fuck Kill for extracurricular Mario games. Like which Mario are teaches Mario typing? Kart. <laughs> Mario Party and Super Mario RPG. You know, just like the spin-off oh, ones. I just okay. thought it'd be funny to call the extra, <laughs> extracurricular ones. The school games he did? <laughs> so, Mario Kart, Mario Party, Super Mario RPG. We got a Mary Fuck Kill. Um, Those games. I'd say Kill Mario Party. Yeah, yeah. so so I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to Kill Mario Party. Uh, I'm going to marry uh, uh, Mario Kart. I'm going to fuck Mario RPG. Because all I need is that just I, I just need that one that. good fuck on Completely. that one. Completely. So, you know, I'm 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 marrying <laughs> uh, Mario RPG because that's the one that I want. You know, for the long haul, I'll fuck with Mario Kart and then just kill Mario Party. It brings like, out the I do side love of Mario me. Party, but in the, if we're presented with these three things, yeah, I'm gonna fucking kill it. <laughs> no, I'm gonna happily, I'm gonna happily just like give me that Soul Stone. I'm sacrificing you. <laughs> <laughs> all right what's the next that's, one we pretty much all agree on that yeah. one yeah um next one is popular gamecube games so we have to marry fuck kill oh, super mario sunshine wind waker and metroid prime <laughs> this is gonna be tough i'm gonna be yeah mm. i want to challenge us in this one we have to have a unanimous consensus on this oh that's Ooh. not gonna happen no that's not gonna happen i guarantee <laughs> Trevor has it. to work that's not fair <laughs> yeah 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 um so I love all these games. I'm gonna to be clear. I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Metroid Prime because I love Metroid a lot. I have I have a fucking Metroid I agree there. on here. I oh my god, just give me all the fucking that's, Metroid you can. That's the uh, one that I was gonna go with Mary as well. So we're good there. I'm gonna f- okay. So we all agree on Mary. Then. I'm gonna fuck Wind Waker. I'm gonna yep. kill Mario Sunshine, dude. We, that's exactly what all I was right. Say. We're, we're, exactly. we're unanimous. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot yeah. easier than a, I, I a do love Mario Sunshine. It it's it's a very pretty and fun game. But yeah, and the, the, with those three, get the fuck out of here. See the only the <laughs> only wrinkle because that was too unanimous. The only wrinkle I'll throw in that is that the the re- HD remaster of Wind Waker is so much better. One hundred percent agree. So if we killed, it's, yeah, it's a lot better. The Triforce Quest in particular. Oh my get, god, get that fast sale right off the bat. <laughs> I never even got it when I played the the HD version of it. I didn't even use it. Mm, mm. I love the sailing in Wind Waker. That's true. I don't care. It takes forever. <laughs> that music. Great Sea Theme is one of my favorite Zelda songs. It's so good. All right. We have time for one more. 
Hmm. I think this is one that we play, all played most of these games. So, sci-fi RPGs. Mm-hmm. We have Mass Effect, we have Fallout, and we have KOTOR. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get controversial here. Um, if, oh, if, if, if y'all want to if y'all want to fight me, I'm at the five star <laughs> man on Twitter. Bring it, nerds! I'm not afraid. <laughs> First off, the correct answer is Mary Kotor. Yes, one of the best RPGs of all time. Not even up to it for discussion. Yes, I'm gonna fuck Mass Effect, but I'm gonna kill Fallout because it eventually spawned Fallout seventy six. Fun fact, I have 100% agreements with you. They eventually fixed Andromeda. So, you know, it can say what you will about the quality there. Uh, yeah. And this is coming from someone who has, who doesn't particularly care for either the Mass Effect or the Fallout franchise. Uh, but yeah, no, fuck Fallout. No, I... Kill, I, well, I kill Fallout because fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't KOTOR 2, wasn't that not as good? I mean, it wasn't as good, but it was still really good. Fun fact, made by Obsidian, who made Outer Worlds. Oh, interesting. Yep. Uh, it, w- it was good. It just I yeah, was it wasn't say. as good as the first one, but it's still a really good game. I was going to say Mary Mass Effect. I just love Mass Effect. Well, so do I, yeah. but I think it's fantastic. I'm also like a massive and... Star Wars nerd that is a total whore for anything Star Wars, so... <laughs> <laughs> but at least personally, the thing with me in Mass Effect is that I never got the chance to play Mass Effect 3, despite Mass Effect 2 being one of my favorite games ever. And this is the primary reason I get an Xbox, is that I can finally play Mass Effect 3 and really go back and just replay the whole trilogy mm-hmm. so I have my character progressing with me. So it's like I, I see a future with Mass Effect, and that's important for marriage. <laughs> so I want to marry Mass Effect. I'm going to fuck with Fallout. Mm, you're fucking because up because I like Fallout a lot. And up. Kotor, it's just it just got the shitty end of the. the mm. It just drew the, the short mm. straw. Mm. I haven't ever finished Kotor. I've dabbled with it. I've never beaten it completely. And you guys are nodding your heads in complete judgment of me. And I, I think the word you're looking judgment. for is shaking. We are shaking our heads. If I had a bell right yeah, now, I said it would be nodding, shame. but nodding would be like affirmative. But I was like, going to let him shame, go, but you know what? Shame. Yeah, he doesn't deserve that. We are shaking our heads at you, you monster. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty terrible. But guess what? You don't have to be with me much longer anymore because that's it. That's our show for today. <laughs> If uh, if you like to play with us every week, get a cool new wallpaper every month and say a blah and have a say in what we play, support us on Patreon, patreon.com uh, forward slash respawning fire for only $1. This month, uh, we will be playing uh, Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. which we'll be talking about in about a week. Yeah. So pretty pretty soon. Bum, bum, uh, but bum. if that's too much, no pressure. Feel free to follow bum, us and share bum, your bum. thoughts at respawning fire on Twitter or respawning fire at gmail.com. Thanks. And for our usual sign off. Wait. Wait, real quick. Well, that's Chad's thing, so we'll just let him do that next week. <laughs> um, could, do you mind if do you mind, do you mind if he and I plug stuff real quick? Oh, of course. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, of course. Hey, so you go first. What do you, you want? Can't plug? plug anything. Uh, my podcast, Podzilla 1985, uh, is the network. We do four shows a week, uh, ranging from just general. BSing around, we do a uh, nerdy new show, talk about video games, comics, movies, things like that. And then Wednesday nights, we do Pro Wrestling Unscripted, which is the the pro wrestling news and recaps and things like that that we do. That's all under the. All, you only have to subscribe to one 
saying it's just the Podzilla 1985 on oh, all nice. the podcast services, and then we do the uh, episodes are just under that. And then, uh, like I said, my Twitter is the Five Star Man with the number five. Nice. Uh, yeah, I have a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, which you've probably heard about if you listen to the show enough, because I don't shut up about it when I'm on. It's difficulty class, and we talk about all things Dungeons and Dragons. It is myself and my co-host Allie, and we talk about D and nerdy crap like that. In our last episode, we had Puffin Forest on, who, if you watch his YouTube videos, he's really fun and awesome guy, a uh, really good friend of Allie and I. So, uh, listen to that; it's good stuff. Do that, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Trevor T R E because I spell it differently. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what what uh what what would Chad's normal sign off be for this episode? I, I just don't want to assume for Chad. He's such a unique individual. Oh, no, no, only no, no, he could no. possibly know how it ends. So for our usual sign off, Chad, fuck you. Misty buddy. <laughs> <laughs>